Amen. Thank you, Molly. And thank you for joining with us on this first day of 2017. I did that right. I knew I was going to mess that up. What a great way to start the new year here together, worshiping the Lord. It's going to be an exciting year here at National Heights. God has already had some wonderful plans for for days ahead, and you'll want to be a part of some of the great ministries that that are coming up. You men will want to start the new year right tomorrow at 6.30, right, Tom? There at Ziggy's on Glenstone, we have a wonderful men's prayer breakfast. We've been doing that for a couple of months. It's just a great time of fellowship and a great time of prayer. Come join us for breakfast, and we'll pray together. It'll be a great, great time. Uh, Just a word to you deacons, just a reminder, uh, since it is July, July the 1st. See, I knew I was going to mess that up. I knew I wasn't going to get it right. January 1st. Feels like July outside. The sun's out. Anyway, January 1st. Uh, we will not have our deacons meeting tonight. That's been moved to next Sunday. Same time, just a different Sunday. But be reminded of that for our first deacons meeting of the year. We will have business meeting uh, this Wednesday night. So come join us for that first business meeting of, of the new year as we reflect on what God's done. Look forward to what God's going to do ahead. And I, I want to invite you. Beginning a week from this Wednesday, we're starting a brand new study on Wednesday evenings in our our Bible study and prayer time. It's in the Fellowship Hall, 630. We're going to start a study called How We Got the Bible. Have you ever had somebody at school or at work or maybe a friend who who, who they've seen you reading the Bible or they've asked you a question, well, why do you believe that, that book? It's out of date. It doesn't really apply to our world anymore. How can you still believe that? Well, I guarantee you'll come out of this study with a brand new appreciation for God's Word. Uh, this will be a study of how God worked through the ages to bring together this wonderful book that we call the Bible. We'll see how the Bible's reliable, how God used a wonderful process to inspire folks through the ages to give His Word to us, and how you can rely upon God's Word. You'll really be rewarded by this in a way that I think will help not only your life, but as some of those people around you ask those questions about the Scripture, it'll really help you to answer some of those questions that they have. So join us a week from this Wednesday. You'll hear more about that uh, next week as we have a little video that will tell you a little more about what that study will be about. But I wanted to fill you in on that. Lots of other good things happening. Our regular schedule starts back up again uh, this week, and so God's going to do some exciting things as we start 2017 together. This morning we're going to be reading from the book of Philippians. We're going to look at chapter 2, starting in verse 14, as we think about some goals that we can set together as believers, as we can set individually for our own life, as we can set as a a church, as we move forward together together in God's kingdom work, and how we can see God do some exciting things in and through our lives in the months ahead. A new year used to be a difficult thing for me, for for one, one reason. Because I always had to remember to write a new year on my checks. You know, you know that was. You know, we don't write checks so much anymore. Everything's gone digital and all that stuff. Every now and then, though, I have to fill one in. But used to be for nearly everything, I'd have to write the check, and I'd always every check that I wrote in January, I scratched out whatever the previous year was, or I began to learn how to make numbers look like the next number. You know how you do that? If you just draw it in enough times, it'll make the other one disappear. So I learned that. But I don't have to do that as much anymore. But still, there's some things that, that I have to, to remember. Like, you know, I'm always afraid that, that if I get in an accident and I'm in the, the emergency room and, and the doctor comes and asks me what year it is, I'll mess it up. 
And they'll think, oh, there's something terribly wrong with him. And no, and I'm just the way I've always been. I just can't ever remember what year that it is. But some things never change, like New Year's resolutions. Now, the resolutions change. I realize some of our resolutions we probably won't have quite kept by tomorrow. But, but the idea of, of a New Year resolution, that's something that continues to abide. I don't know what it is. I mean, really and truly, it's just a calendar thing that's kind of artificially set onto uh, our days. Today's really not any different than yesterday was. But the idea of a new year beginning, it, it gives us a renewed hope in, in the possibilities of tomorrow. So we, we think about some ways that we can do things differently or maybe some ways we can build upon what we've already been doing that will make this year better than last year. Well, I don't know if it was a change in the calendar that, that led Paul to write what he writes here in Philippians chapter 2. But, it, but he does invite the believers there in the church of Philippi and the Bible invites us today to establish one New Year's resolution that will revolutionize our life. And at first, it doesn't really sound like that big of a deal. Here's what Paul challenges the believers of Philippi to do here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. Now, Paul's doing more here than just encouraging the Philippians not to be a bunch of whiners. (laughs) Now, that would be significant enough. But, but this is much more than that. It's an encouragement that as we begin our new year, we should all seek in 2017 to be shining stars for Christ. Let's take a look at what Paul is, is referring to when he talks about that here in this verse. First of all, we'll look at it from the negative side because Paul does start off kind of negative here. But it's something we need to recognize. Complaining can cast a long shadow. Paul's been dealing with some very significant topics here in his letter to the Philippians. He gives thanks to God in chapter 1, verse 3. He asks for prayers about his imprisonment in verses 7 and 8 in chapter 1. He calls for fellow believers to live a life of righteousness in verse 11. He addresses the fact that he very well might be executed in verse 21 of chapter 1. That's some pretty serious stuff that Paul has been talking about. So, so why in this letter that's, that's filled with these very grand and, and, and serious admonitions would he tell folks to stop complaining? Well, first of all, it was a bigger problem than it might seem at first. You know, we, we often think, oh, a little complaining's not going to hurt, right? I mean, it's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. That's in the Bible somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> Well, obviously it's not, but most of us, if we're honest, we could probably all do with a little less complaining in our life. For one thing, none of us likes it when somebody complains to us. 
I promise you, the people in the customer service line, they are not excited when they see that big line waiting for them to come to the desk when they get to work on Monday morning. They're not looking forward to that. Nobody likes to listen to complaints. We don't like to hear complaints in our life. And most of us realize that we have all done our share of complaining and that beyond just raising our blood pressure, it really didn't accomplish much. But Paul's not just pointing to the waste of energy that complaining is. It actually is far more serious than that. Listen again to what Paul says in verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. This is a very strange statement that Paul makes. A serious charge that complaining and arguing could prevent us from being blameless and pure. Here's what Paul recognized. When we complain and and when we argue, we're acting just like the world that doesn't know Jesus. Or as Paul puts it, we are acting just like a crooked and depraved generation. I'm guessing that's not the goal for most of us as believers. We're usually shooting for the opposite of that. We don't want to be a crooked and depraved generation. We want to be like Jesus. But what we don't realize is that Complaining and arguing puts us back in the shade. I suspect over this last Christmas holiday season, many of you have taken photographs of your family and friends. You know, had people over the house, and and maybe you have a tradition in your family, whether you gather around the Christmas tree or gather everybody out on the porch or wherever the special spot is for you to take that family photo, and and, and you take that photograph that you hope will be that that keepsake and will be there for all of of the rest of the generations to come to see that was my family on that day, and and all of us have those photographs photographs that that the light's just not quite right. You know, where where you've got a face that's kind of just half covered in in shadow. Or you have to explain to your grandson, that little smudge over there, that's you. I promise it really is. We we understand the importance of, of light to make a photograph come out right. We need to realize something. For many of our friends and neighbors, we are the photograph through which they're going to see Jesus. And when we fill our life with complaining and arguing, the light diminishes. The photograph goes dark. And when others see that in our lives as believers, they're thinking in their mind, that's the same thing that I see in my life. That's the same thing that I see when I'm at work, when when I'm at school. I thought Jesus was supposed to make a difference. So make a goal this year. Make a decision 
that when you're in one of those situations where the air's kind of coming up on the back of your neck, where, where you know, you can just feel yourself tensing up all over, you know what I'm talking about. Make a decision this year that before you decide to complain, before you decide to start that argument, take a breath. Step back and ask yourself one question. Is this argument worth the risk of someone here not seeing Jesus today? Is my complaint so important that I'm willing to risk the possibility that someone will not see Jesus in me? Now, the obvious answer is, of course, it's not worth it. There's nothing worth the risk that a person might miss eternity just because I wanted to prove I was right. Now, folks, let's be honest. We're going to disagree from time to time. We're going to have those times that will come up, yes, this year in 2017, maybe before we get home today, where something's going to happen that isn't quite the way that it ought to be. Where something's going to happen with which we disagree. Where something's going to happen that we feel like we need to say something. Here's what we need to understand. We can disagree without being disagreeable. We don't have to crush the other person to make ourselves look right. The Bible gives us a a wonderful pattern to follow. Jesus knew that his disciples and his followers would have disagreements. So in Matthew chapter 7, he gives them a very clear plan to use when when we have disagreements, when we have problems. First, to go to the person and and seek to pray through whatever the disagreement might be. And then if if that's not successful, to to take a fellow believer with us and sit down and and pray together and and work together to see if there's some way to find an agreement. The ultimate aim of that entire process is not to win the argument. The ultimate aim of that entire process is to build the kingdom of God. No complaint is worth getting in the way of that. But Paul's not just negative here. Like I said, we're going to start out negative because that's where Paul started out. But that's not where he ends. He gives... Not only a negative reason to avoid the complaining and argument that sometimes comes into our life, but he also gives this extraordinary positive reason why we should seek this in our life. Here it is. If you'll do this, if you'll take this one simple step that, that, that when you, you feel that, that when you feel that complaint coming out, to just stop for a minute, take a breath. And say, hey, is this worth somebody not seeing Jesus in me if I react to this the wrong way? If we'll just do that, Paul says something will happen, something wonderful, something magnificent, something I hope you had a chance to get out and do last night. You will shine like a star. Did you happen to get out last evening? It was a beautiful winter night last night. 
and, and there was a wonderful crescent moon that was up in the sky. There was a comet up there somewhere. That's why I was out there. I was trying to find it. I never did find where it was. But, but as I was out there, it just it, it's amazing. I don't know what it is about the wintertime. Maybe there's less humidity in the air or something. I, there's, I'm sure there's some scientific explanation for it all. But the stars on a clear night just shine in a vibrant kind of way. It's beautiful. That's what Paul says we can be to the world around us. We can shine like a star in the darkness for Christ. Now, according to verses 15 and 16, Paul encourages the Philippian believers to avoid complaining and arguing, not only because of the negative impact that that could have, but even more so because of the positive result. They would shine in the darkness as they proclaimed the word of life. Now, think about this. What if, as believers, we worked out our differences? And again, notice that Paul is being very honest here. We're going to have differences. We're not always going to agree. That's okay. That's just being human. We all come from different backgrounds, different circumstances. We have different likes and dislikes. So there's going to be times that we disagree. That's not the problem. But what Paul says, what if the church reacted to those differences in a way that was so unique, so different from how the rest of the world deals with their differences, that people couldn't help but notice. What if, in a crooked and depraved generation, believers truly were blameless and pure? You think people would notice that? They'd notice, all right, and not only would they notice, it would be like stars on a cloudless night. Your life would shine out so brightly that people could not help but see it by doing this one simple thing, by stopping complaining and arguing. It seems like such a small thing. And yet, according to the Scripture, it can be so powerful. And that's Paul's point. You can make a difference in your world. You can impact the culture around you. You can shine like the stars in the universe simply by making this resolution today. Resolve To be a shining star for Christ. Now don't let the power of Paul's illustration escape you this morning. Again, anyone who has walked out on a clear night and looked up at the stars, it's amazing, especially if you can get away from the city lights out in the country somewhere where it's complete darkness, and you look up in the sky and can see the extraordinary wonders of the universe that God has created, the the Milky Way, the the phases of the moon. And now we know something that, that Paul didn't know. We know that the light that we are seeing has literally traveled millions of miles. So far that you and I today, with our technology, we can't travel to where those stars are. 
and yet we can see them. Now think about that for a minute. Just from a physical standpoint, that's amazing. But the spiritual illustration is really amazing. Could your decision this morning to simply say in 2017, I'm going to try to act a little more like Christ in my life. I'm going to try to deal with my my noisy neighbors a little bit more patiently. I'm going to try to deal with the people at work in a a more Christ-like manner. I'm going to try to deal with that guy at school that's just driving me crazy in a way that would would show him Jesus in, in a fashion. That that simple decision this morning, could it really have that big of an impact? It absolutely can. And here's why. You impact people that you don't even know. People you've not even officially met but people who notice there's something different in your life and they want it. What if National Heights became known in our community as a place where people were so transformed by the grace of Christ they shine like stars? So much so that people we've not even met in our community see a difference. 2017 could be an extraordinary year as people begin to take notice, hey, there's something different going on in that church. They don't argue and complain like everybody else in the world seems to be doing. There's something different with them. What is it? We live in a contentious world, a world that is filled with war and hatred and arguing and complaining. What if the world saw something different in us? All because you make a decision today that this year, You're going to strive to be a person who seeks to avoid complaining and arguing. Is it worth it? Heavenly Father, help us to catch the power of this verse. That some of the simplest things that we do in life, by just making a a simple decision that instead of complaining today, I'm going to deal with this in a more Christ-like manner. That simple decision can transform people's lives. And just like the stars that we see at night, their light shining out for millions of miles, that simple decision could shine out throughout Springfield and the communities around us. It could make a difference. As people begin to wonder, what is it that's changed their life? What is it that's transformed that people? What is it that in this world that seems to be so negative, that in this, this world that seems to be in such a combative nature, they're not that way. What is it that's changed them? And we can tell them, it's you. 
Oh, Heavenly Father, help us to show the transformation that you've made in our life in real ways that our world can see. And we pray that that truly would transform our community, that we would be shining stars for you, that this church would be a place where people might see the the real difference that you can make in our life. God, help us as we start this new year to be shining stars for you. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.